Blessed to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I feel His presence, don't you? I appreciate everything that everyone has said. Uh, I was talking to some last night, and the Lord had dealt with me on a message and had been putting it together for several weeks. And I thought that was what the Lord wanted me to preach, but when I was at the office this morning, He actually totally turned it around. And I was worried about it until Brother Penrod got up here and confirmed some things, and then along with Pastor Chapman and them song, um, I just know God's doing something in these last days. Amen? Amen. Appreciate everybody being here. I, I got to thinking about the pastors that's here, and uh, Brother Pruitt's been seeing some growth and some excitement taking place. Brother Pitts, man, you ought to be swinging from the chandeliers what's taking place over there. And, yeah. My, my, my. A month ago, 20-something, 30-something people filled with the Holy Ghost or baptized in the name of Jesus, several filled with the Holy Ghost. There's a revival taking place in our churches, saints. There is a revival taking place in our churches. If we ain't careful, we get so used to preaching to one another and we forget about the lost. Amen? I agree we need revival, but revival is for the saints. Evangelism is for the lost. We need revival in the saints and we need evangelism for the lost taking place. Amen? Hallelujah. If you would, stand to your feet with me real quick. We'll... I, I will. There's already been one miracle take place here tonight. Pastors have held within five minutes. That's a miracle in itself. <laughs> Second miracle is, I hate to prove my pastor to be a liar, but I'm not long-winded. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be long-winded tonight. Amen. Luke in chapter 22, we appreciate everybody being here. We give honor to my pastor, DJ Shoulders and Bishop Shoulders tonight for being here and other pastors here uh, excited about what God is doing in these last days. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, says it like this. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath, just, just to clarify who is wanting and desiring you, Satan has desired to have you. That he may sift you. Somebody help me. That's weak. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Lord, we're so thankful that you are in this place. God, I am just a vessel standing up here that can do nothing without your anointing, without your spirit. God, anoint from head to toe, God, that your people, the men and women of God, would be encouraged in this last day. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone in this house says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated if you're willing to help me preach tonight. Praise God. Thank you for 100% participation. (laughs) Satan hath desired to sift you. I struggled with this because... Uh, in fact, I look across a congregation with pastors and ministers and, and lay members that I know very well and are strong in the ministry and strong in the kingdom of God. But the, the, the Satan, the devil, desires to sift you and I. He desires to have you. Every one of us in this place tonight knows that the enemy is here to deter to sidetrack and in many cases derail us from the purpose that God has for each and every one of us. Hell don't play games. Did you hear me? Hell don't play games there. It's for keeps, saints of God. The word desire means to have a strong feeling of 
wanting to have something or a craving and a hunger. You see, Satan and his kingdom has set out to destroy your life. I'm preaching to you tonight. Preacher, I'm preaching to you tonight. Pastor, I'm preaching to you tonight, saint of God. Satan has set out to destroy your life and to sift your life so that all your hopes, your faith, and your trust in the Word of God uh, is tainted and watered down. Can I get an amen? You see, his first plan of action is to sow doubt into your spirit. Already someone said, if you sow, you're going to reap. Amen? And Satan reaps things as well. He's looking to sow things into your life for his first action. His next plan plan is to take that seed and to grow that seed so that it becomes to sprout from the ground. He wants you to sprout unbelief. He wants you to sprout doubt. And before long, you'll begin to believe his lies. You'll begin to see things as the devil or Satan or the wickedness of this world begins to see them. It's amazing 20 years ago, Brother Shoulders, you wouldn't have heard of the name Facebook, but it's already been made mentioned 10 to 12 times. But a lot of our issues and I have been in the same boat, we get caught up with the wickedness of the world because the enemy tries every avenue to sow discord between brothers and sisters. Amen? His main plan is divide and conquer. It had never changed. His, his plan has never changed. It's to divide and conquer. He begins to uh, get you. He begins to sow things into your life so that you can even quest your existence and your purpose in the kingdom of God. You'll begin to see things that once did not, what once did grow in God. You'll begin to see them things as not necessarily. I need to do them. See, many of folks, and I like to say us because I'm in the same category as you are. If I'm not careful, many of us, we don't read the Word of God. We don't pray like we should pray. We want to move of God and we want to see the Spirit of God. But if we ain't careful, we're only wanting to throw pennies at God when we're wanting a million dollar revival. Hey, you got to have some sacrifices in the house of the Lord before you'll see some growth. I'm not talking about a number. I'm talking about a growth in your spirit. Yeah. See, I don't need, if you ain't careful, the, the enemy will try to sow that seed to make you think, I don't need church. Uh, many of you pastors today, you struggle because you're trying to get saints in the house of God. It, it's a Sunday morning religion. Sunday, I don't need Sunday night. I don't need Wednesday night. Can I beg to differ? Because on Wednesday night, I've got more things out of Bible study than I had if I seen the whole church one from the right to the left and swing from the chandeliers. I do need church. I do need to pray more. I do need to study the Word of God. But the enemy wants to sow that doubt into your life so that it sprouts up and you begin to think, I don't need church. I don't need to pray. I don't need to study the Word of God. It will even go as far as seeing those that are worshipers and begin to be critical or criticize them. Yeah. God help us. God help us. Oh, many days, years ago, and I know we don't like to talk about the old days because the day is the day of salvation. But let's be real. Years ago, we didn't care about taking our tie loose. We didn't care about messing our hair up. We didn't care about what we looked about because all we wanted was a touch from God. All we wanted was an anointing to flow. Yeah. But if we ain't careful, we turn into motivational speakers. We turn into something to encourage them just to get them to the next service. Come on. We become a snack machine for the kingdom of God. My, my, my. My, 
Let's sum it up like this. Hell has a plan to destroy you. Hell has a plan to destroy me. Satan will not be happy until he has had you and begin to sift you out of the nets of hell. He's not happy unless he has sifted you out of the nets of hell. Satan wants to destroy you. You have decisions to make to offset those plans. And that's what I want to preach to you tonight is a decision that destroys hell's plan. I said a decision that destroys hell's plan. As we sat here tonight, hell has put together a great plan to discourage you. We preach about faith. We, we hunger and thirst after faith. We want to see God's move. But if we ain't careful, what's taking place in our church is less faith. Oh, Brother Tipton, you don't understand. I've seen the pastor lay hands on them and they still walked out sick. That don't diminish the power of God. That don't diminish that He's still a healer, but the enemy wants to sell that doubt into your spirit and take that from you so that unbelief will begin to devour your life. Oh, you can literally make decisions that brings confusion to the devil. We don't fight. We preach this. We don't fight in the flesh. Some of us don't. We don't war in the flesh. Our battle is not in the flesh and blood. In the New Testament, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, it was the flesh and blood. For they fought armies of men. But in the New Testament, uh, oh my God, Paul wrote it like this. He said, but we fight principalities. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against principalities. We're fighting against powers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. This is who we fight. This is who we're warring against. We're not warring against one another, but the enemy wants to put that spirit of wickedness in our mind and doubt in our mind so that we can stay separate one from another. I want to show you tonight that there are some decisions and or choices that would absolutely destroy the principalities, the powers, and the spiritual wickedness in high places. Let me inform you, as the young people would say, FYI, for your information, and I'm not going to TMI you, I'm not going to give you too much information, but for your information, I hate the devil and everything that he stands for. The Bible says the thief, the devil, has come to steal, kill, and to destroy. He wants to send you to hell. He's not happy till he gets your soul, saint of God. He's not happy till he gets your minister, pastor. He's not happy until you are in hell. He wants to finalize your life and cause you to be lost forever. And when we believe that, that because the Bible teaches us that. We believe He's after our soul because the Bible tells us He's after our soul. I hate the devil. Right. I'm going to be so unfriendly to him, brother Mink, as I possibly can. I don't want to get along with old Slewfoot. I, I, I want to do whatever. Hair lips the devil, as my daddy used to say. I want to hair lip the devil. I want to get into the kingdom of God. I want to push harder than I've ever pushed before because his plan is to destroy us. He cometh about, the scripture says, as a roaring lion 
seeking whom he may devour. Is it you? Is it you that's sitting on this pew tonight? Is it you that he's seeking to devour? Absolutely. He's not going to be happy until he devours you. He's looking for you right now. Looking for somebody to devour. He likes to create a loss of faith. He likes to cause you to lose trust and have unbelief in the Word. He don't want you to have faith in the Word of God. Let me tell you, I hate the devil. Mama said, don't ever use that word hate, son. That's so strong. I hate the devil. Just to think, I can do, I can do, we can do something that confounds the devil. To confuse the devil. To shake hell. You've got a decision tonight that you can do that shakes hell and confuses the enemy. Let me tell you, I want to be involved in something that is bringing confusion to the enemy. Anything I can do to create havoc in hell, I want to be involved in it. Amen? Amen. Let me just tell you, there's some things the devil just don't know how to handle. He don't know how to handle what to do with you as an ultimate child of God. Come on. See, if he can convince you that you're not a child of God, he begins to work with success. He begins to work with success. But let me tell you something, devil. I am a child of God. Period. My God, period. And the enemy cannot change that in my life. I am a child of God. And the enemy cannot change that for me. When you went to the book of Job while ago, Job 13 and 15. Don't splash it up there. Get it off. The flag, Job 13 and 15, after the devil uh, talked to God, when he came in he before the Lord, the Bible says that Job was a perfect man. One version said, Pastor uh, Shoulders, he was a blameless man. You couldn't put a finger on his life. The Bible says that Job, uh, he ensued evil. He hated evil. He hated unrighteousness. And he loved God. The book of Job tells us he cared for the poor. He took care of the widows. He had his children. He had ten, seven sons and three daughters. And when they would go to a big feast and when they'd have a big party after that feast, Job didn't just pack up his bag, go home and lay down his head, but rather he would begin to have sacrifices, ten sacrifices before the Lord because he would say it like this, that my child, they they might have just sinned and I want to offer these sacrifices is for my children. That's the kind of man Job was. Job didn't know that they were talking about him in heaven. You may not know that God's talking about you in heaven. The enemy, you may not know tonight the enemy's talking about you. But Job didn't know that they were talking about him in heaven. The Lord said unto Satan, What have thou been doing? Satan, he said, oh Lord, I've been going to and fro in the earth. And God said, have you considered a child of God? Have you considered my servant Job? And he said, well, Lord, yeah, I've considered Job. But you know the story, but let me refresh your memory. Uh, Lord, I've considered Job, but he's got a hedge around him, and and I can't even touch him. 
Oh, but I'll tell you this, God. If you'll remove that hedge without a shadow of a doubt, I know that Job will curse you. I know that Job would walk away from you. And I know I can get Job right where I want him. Come on. So the Lord gave the permission to the enemy to do everything to him but not touch his body or take his life. Later on, when he came back, Job had not moved. He even though he had lost many things in his life, Job was still standing strong. He trusted in the Lord. He didn't lose his faith. Job could serve God. He was showing those around him and the enemy that Job could serve God in prosperity or in poverty. Can you serve the Lord in prosperity and in poverty? Job just trusted. Somebody say, help me. Trusted. God. Job just trusted God. Job didn't have a preacher. He didn't have a Bible to turn to. He didn't have a, 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 a Facebook to click over to and get some kind of great quote off of it. But Job just trusted God. Yeah. So God told Satan, you do everything to him. You, you, you took it as fat you've done. I, I tell you, you can do everything. You can even touch his body, but you can't take his life. Mm-hmm. So he came down and he hit Job hard. Hit him hard. I don't think there's too many men in the Bible that has the testimony that Job has. He took his family. He took his wealth. He took his possessions. That's what the devil would do to you tonight. He would take everything you had if he ever gets a hold of you. But what you've got to know within yourself, I am a child of God. And I will trust God. My Lord, I wish somebody would help me. That's what the devil do to you if God would let him. But let me tell you, the blood of Jesus is against the devil. I said the blood of Jesus is against the devil. So when he had had taken everything and he had smote his body with bulls, the Bible says in Job 13 and 15, he says, Oh, this is a profound statement. We preach about Job. We have revival about Job. But he said, though he slayed me, yet will I trust in him. Job, with that one statement and with that one decision in his life, can I inform you tonight, FYI, he shook the very gates of hell when he made this declaration, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Can I tell you something? We are most definitely in a warfare. And it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the spiritual principalities of this world. Your faith is going to be tested. You're going to be trialed. Pastor, hang on with everything you got. Get revival somewhere. Find it somewhere. Get in the Word of God. Get a revival taking place. But the most important thing is trust in God. Trust in God. Oh, he slay me, yet will I trust him. You know what Job was saying? He was saying, my story is not all that important. Rather, I'm rich or poor is not all that important. But my trust is in God. That's the most critical thing of Pastor Hester, that our trust is in God. My faith is in God and is more important than the blessing. My faith is in God and is more important than my family. See, I didn't think I'd get many there because, you know, family, you know, Brother Tipton, you really think, seek you first. First. 
the kingdom of God. He says, more important than my family. My faith in God is more important than anything else in this world. My testimony is more important than my wealth. I'm not going to lose, Job said, my integrity. I'm not going to give up. And in verse 20, you don't have to go there. The Bible says, then Job, here was decision. Making the statement's one thing. But acting upon it, Brother Joseph, is another. He said, no, he slayed me, yet will I trust in him. But in verse 20, he says, then Job arose. And he rent his clothes. And he shaved his head. And fell upon the ground and worshipped. In every bit of adversity that he was facing. In every bit of sickness that was in his body. In every bit of funerals that he was doing for his children. Ten of them. The Bible says that Job worshipped my Lord. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And all Job sin not, nor charge God foolishly. Revelations 12 and 11 said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. You want me to tell you? A decision that you can make that will destroy hell's plans for your life? You want me to tell you how to keep your life from becoming sifted by the hell's nets? You want me to tell you how you can get revival in your home, revival in your church, and revival in your community? It's when you do what Job did. When you begin to just put everything that you're facing. My God, I wish somebody would help me. You may have come into this place with a heartache. You may have come into this place with discouragement or unbelief. But I'm telling you, when you lay all of that to the side, rent your clothes, shave your head, and worship God, you will break up the plans that hell has against you. Come on. Somebody change the plans that hell's got against you. I'm going to worship Him through my heartache. I'm going to hurt my God. I'm going to worship Him in my adversity. Hallelujah. I've always wanted to say this. Always wanted to say that. When you have, have absolutely lost everything in your world, and you have nothing left, his wife, Job, his wife, my wife's my best friend. She don't pet me. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty favored. I, I feel the tension in the heart. <laughs> but my wife's my best friend. But I couldn't imagine my wife coming through the living room while I'm in our worshiping and tears flowing down my face. And she makes the statement, Honey, just curse God and die. That doesn't cross my imagination how I would even feel about that. Because we're in this together. But after losing his wealth, after losing everything he had, his, his family, all he's got is his wife. And then she comes into the room. And she says, just curse God and die. 
And he would say, woman, you speak like a fool. I feel the Holy Ghost. You speak like a foolish woman. But you know what he did? He shaved his head. He ran his mantle. And he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. It's already big. And they are safe. Job realized in his life the safe haven of the Lord. He understood that when all hells broke loose in his life, in the plans of hell, it seems to be uh, uh, overtaking him. It seems like he's going down. All Job knows to do is rent his clothes, shave his head, and worship. My God, saints of God. We are in the last days. We are in the last days. God, our precious Lord Jesus is coming back after a church that's made themselves ready. Can I tell you this? There may be times naturally that you may feel hungry. The writer said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. He wasn't saying he'd never seen them hungry. Look at who quoted it. Look at who wrote the scripture. you got to know we're going to face some situations. We're going to go through some adversities, but I'll tell you this, if we'll make a decision tonight that our worship oh, is going to be there no matter what, can I tell you this, it will destroy the plans that hell has for your life. I want that kind of trust in God, don't you? I want that kind of trust in God. I don't want to let the adversity steal my worship. I'm going to be a worshiper no matter what takes place in my life. Because that's what God came looking for, was worshipers. Jesus said the Father is seeking Worshippers. God is looking for worshipers today. Not because you're blessed. Not because you're rich. Not because you're poor. Not because you're in health or in bad health. But He's wanting you to be a worshiper of His presence. When you worship God, you're going to create havoc in hell. Yeah. Many of you in here tonight have got family members that are lost. They're dying going to hell if they go by the way of a red God for help that they don't. But if they do tonight, they will go to a sinner's hell. But can I tell you tonight, through your worship, through your worship, you can bring havoc to hell. You can interrupt. You can interrupt the plans of hell tonight. You gotta create havoc in hell because all the devil can do, he just can touch you. But you know what? He can't steal my salvation. He can't steal my salvation. I'm a child of God. That's what Job was saying. I can lose everything. I, even my wife can turn her back on me. I, I can lose, I don't want to lose my children, Brother Pruitt. I don't want to bury not one of my children. I don't want my wife to back up on God. But can I tell you this? I pray and hope that I'll find myself somewhere in a prayer closet that says, God, I worship you. Oh, you gave me things. You give me a blessing. But I'm not worshiping you because you gave it to me. I'm worshiping you just because who you are. He can't steal your salvation. He can't take your trust uh, that you have in God. He can't take your faith in God. One scripture says just have faith 
in God. Hallelujah. I'm going to make a decision tonight. How about you? I'm going to make a decision tonight uh, that's going to destroy the hell's plans for my life. Hell wants you. Hell desires you. Hell, it's hungering for you. It wants you, preacher. It wants you, preacher's wife. It wants you, saint of God. It wants you to say, it's okay with you coming to church, but it don't want you to have faith in the kingdom of God. It's okay with you sitting on the pew. Just don't have faith in the men of God. There's all of them. They're fell into the right and fell into the left. I'm just here to keep Brother Pruitt or Brother Hester or Pastor Shoulders from calling me on the phone. I beg to differ with you. If that's all that you're going, you're no, you're no better off than the sinner out there. You're just sitting on a pew growing cold. Even God said, I'd rather you be than lukewarm. Yeah. Brother Pitts, there's many saints sitting on our pews. And they've come to an altar. And they've asked, as what we have learned to say, Jesus into their heart. And we as preachers shout and rejoice over that. But Brother Joseph, where's the fire? Where's the change? Where's the anointing? The worship, Brother Dean, it's more than just lifting your hands. Hallelujah. It's more than that. It's more than getting up and singing a great song. We've had some good praise and worship around here tonight. That wonderful little girl done a great job. It's more than that. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, if I ain't got a dime to rub together, I'm still going to praise Him. Oh my God, if I bury my kids tomorrow, God, don't let it happen. But if it takes place, I'm still going to praise Him. I'm still going to be a worshiper. Because, yeah, though He slay me, yet will I trust in God. Come on, somebody, stand to your feet just for a moment. Praise Him. Worship the Lord. Worship the King of Kings. Come on, this could be more than just a fellowship meeting. This could be a church service that changes our life. Oh, make a decision tonight that you're going to destroy hell's plan for you. You can stay standing. I'm done. Told you I wasn't long-winded. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up to break every chain. Break. It's got to be more than a song. Come on. Come on. It's got to be more than just my hair standing up on the back of my neck. It has to be a life change take place in your situation. Somebody said, you better be careful, Brother Tipton, making those promises and making declarations out there. The enemy's waiting for you. You better be careful. Can I tell you, I hate the devil. I really am not concerned with the devil. I trust in God. Trust in God. I got my trust in Him. And hell's not going to shake my trust loose in God. 
Last fellowship meeting of the year. I haven't been to all. I'd like to come to all. Sometimes calendar don't allow that to take place. Some of you are the same place. But I, I believe I can stand up here and the consensus through this church with the pastors and the ministers that are involved in this fellowship, this has been a precedented year. This has been a year that a lot of us have been looking for growth taking place in our churches. FAC now, we're growing. Other churches are growing. But you know what? As we grow, if we ain't careful, the enemy wants us to get com- comfortable. Well, Pruitt, don't preach nothing hard because, you know, brother so-and-so is this and sister so-and-so is that. See, we, we've seen a growth in a lot of our churches. I mean, it's a great year when Pastor Mink takes another church. Bless his poor little heart. <laughs> Trust in the Lord. <laughs> Trust in the Lord. But you know what? As revival and growth takes place, evangelism begins to sprout out. The enemy wants to come in and begin to sow unbelief and misdirection. Can I tell you this? I've I seen someone, I, I don't know, it may have been Brother Pruitt. Uh, if it was, I'm not. But it's, it's pitiful when you have to post things and say, I want you to know I'm not competing against another church when I post revival. That's pitiful when you have to post or make a call to that. Who in their right mind would even make a statement of that magnitude? Come on. Yeah, that's right. Unless unbelief has begun to sprout up. Y'all ain't mad at me on all that other good stuff. (laughs) I'm not a pastor. And I'm not looking to pastor. But can I be real with you? I'm a minister of the kingdom of God. And when the kingdom of God begins to see like it's divided, men and women of God ought to stand up and declare something against it. And say, I'm going to make a decision that's going to change the plans that hell has for my life. An unprecedented year of growth in a lot of our churches. We're fixing to finish up in December. And then January the 13th, 18th. Thank you, brain. 18th of January. You're going to kick it off again. You are to set goals in your church. You are to set goals in this fellowship that you're going to see X amount of people filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see baptisms take place. We got water in there, don't we? That's good. I like to see water in the baptism. That means you're planning on it. Right, right. If, if you're looking for a blessing and a growth, you've got to make room for it. They're fixing to sing, and I know they'll sing a good song. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead with you. All I'm going to ask is just this altar's open. We're closing out fellowship. And I'm thankful that Brother Pruitt has asked me to minister. There's many times I question my ministry and where I'm at. The Bible says a gift to make room for itself. I'm not ashamed of the gift that God's given me. I stand up here unashamed of that because I am a child of God. But the enemy would want me to question it every day. Brother Pruitt, the enemy would want to question, why do you want to continue, Pastor? Brother Mink, what makes you want to pastor two churches? My God, bless your heart. What makes you want to pastor one church? Ain't heard nothing out of you all night, Brother Penrod. (laughs) We're done. 
We're finished. Not another fellowship meeting next month. This is it. I'd ask, as they get ready to sing, with a fast flow, I don't care. Come up around this altar just for a moment and make a decision. Make a declaration. Make a decision that you're going to interrupt hell's plans for your life. You're going to... I said it. He's wanting to sidetrack you. He's wanting to deter you. He's wanting to derail you. He's wanting to get you off the track any way he can. Simon, Simon! Well, my mama used to say, Petey, I'd listen. I knew that was mama. But when she said, James Wiley, that meant, boy, you better listen to what I'm saying. (laughs) And when you look at the presence of God and His Word in here, He said, Simon, Simon. Satan desires, He hungers, He wants you. He desires to have you so that He can sift you through the nets of hell. Simon and all of his faith are like a lot of us. Lord, you ain't got to worry about me, Lord. I'm there. It won't ever happen to me, Lord. In the presence of God, with his gentle voice, said Simon, before that crowing of that cock for the third time, you have denied me. How about coming up around this altar and making a decision that you're going to interrupt hell's plans tonight? That you're going to... Don't, don't, don't just do it out of... Because the preachers ask you to do it. Make it because though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Hallelujah. Come on, let's respond to the Word of God. Everybody squeezing it closely. Jesus is here right now. Reach out and... Jesus is here right now. Help you receive. Jesus is standing near, ready your heart to cheer. Jesus is here right now. Only Come on, let's call out to him tonight. Jesus is. You've heard the word of God. You've heard the word. God has spoken to some people. Some of you have been through a lot of battles. The devil's tried to slift you. Hallelujah. But God's going to reassure you tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. Jesus is standing Ready your heart to cheer. Jesus is here right now. Only believe. Well, Jesus is here right now. Reach out. Come on. Reach out and touch him, church. Call upon him. Jesus is here right now. Help you receive. Jesus is standing.
loss of time. Jesus is in right now. Reach out and touch Him. 